Tappers, what's up? It is the Monday edition of the Daily Tap for January 25th. Hope everybody is doing as good as they can be. I can't even say I hope everybody's doing well because I know you're not. I know you're dealing with the Green Bay Packer loss just like I am. And instead of having topics, instead of really getting down to the nitty-gritty, we're just going to roll the ball out. We're going to see where this goes. I've Yes, I've had a few drinks. That's besides the point. I also have had a little bit of Mountain Dew, trying to get myself acclimated, get myself ready to write, get myself ready to podcast. It's a little bit of a thing I like to call balance. So we're just going to start off the top, and we're going to see where this goes. And when it ends, it ends. And, when it, and we'll kind of get more serious about a lot of this stuff the following day and days after. I'm sure we have a lot to talk about, right? But we will start with the game itself and then we'll go to Aaron Rodgers. So I have like, I guess I have a little bit of a structure here. But it's, man, this is one of the worst losses I've had as a fan in a long time. I think this is worse than 2014. I really do. Um, I... I never want to say the Packers are cursed, right? Because the Packers have been to fucking five NFC Championship games. They've been to one Super Bowl. They've won one Super Bowl in my last decade of being a fan. If I go beyond my fandom, when I when I remember football, I mean, I'm 32, right? I remember two I've been I've seen three Super Bowls. I've seen two Super Bowl wins. I've seen multiple championship games. I've seen the Packers in the playoffs more times than not. When the Packers don't make the playoffs, it's more of a surprise than anything else. So all of this culminates in I know I'm a spoiled fan, right? Like I know that I am just someone who I've I've got to relish in this. And what I've said to you guys a lot is that it's really hard to win a Super Bowl. But when I look at the fact that the Packers were favored in this game, and I know like Vegas lines, what does that mean? But like the Packers, I believe against San Francisco last week or last year, sorry, were eight and a half point underdogs. And against Atlanta, I'm sure they were quite the underdog against Atlanta. And Rodgers admitted uh, to McAfee last week or two weeks ago that that team was like nowhere near what this team is right now. And this team had just the opportunity of a lifetime. They were at home. All they had to do was play good football and they could win this game and make Tampa Bay sloppy. But Tampa Bay... I don't I don't want to say they wanted it more, right? But it seemed like Tampa Bay knew they had to take their gear to another level. And it seemed like Green Bay was already getting their asses crowned. And maybe that's the fault of all of us. Maybe that's the fault of everyone. We were all really cocky heading into this game. I think all of us felt like this was going to be a done deal. And it wasn't. And it, it, it gives you a little bit of perspective of you just can't assume that Lambeau Field is this immediate home field advantage. And maybe if it was 10 degrees colder or it was windier, it would have been. And it would have been an entirely different story. But the weather was all right. 
it was 28 degrees, and Tom Brady knows how to play in that weather. Drew Brees won enough. I guarantee you we would have fucking destroyed New Orleans because New Orleans was beat up. New Orleans wasn't that good at that time, and it wouldn't have been a game. And we'd be talking about Mahomes versus Rodgers. I'd probably be doing this on a Monday morning because I'd still be out drinking with my friends. But I'm home, and I've been home for a while. And we called it, I don't know, the 8 o'clock, 8.15. I have a good Rogers rant for the the social medias with Murph um, that I'm going to put out tomorrow or, well, today. You'll see it. And that was it, you know, because it was, it was just time, man. We had, to, we had to get going. We couldn't be 25-year-olds who are just depressed the entire time slamming shots of Jaeger. Until 2 o'clock in the morning, we have lives. Now, I could have done that because I have off tomorrow. But still, I, I, uh, I appreciate leaving when we did. And the, the heartbreak, though, is real. It's going to take a long time for me to reconcile with this. And I don't want to compare myself to Aaron Rodgers. But I think this is a lot of the way Aaron Rodgers feels. And we'll, like I said, we'll get to Rodgers, okay? But the thing that's going to drive me crazy, I, I don't know what will drive me crazy the most. Will it be that Devontae Adams had a surefire back shoulder touchdown that would have tied the game at 14? Yeah, that's one of them. Is it that Mike Patton called one of the worst fucking defenses on the face of this earth and Kevin King basically confirmed that it was an awful defense by getting caught behind Scotty Miller. Yeah, that that was terrible. And the Devontae drop, man, like Devontae's done so many good fucking things this year that I can't really like go at Devontae and say like, wow, that was terrible. Like, how can you drop that? I, I, I just can't do that to Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams has been too good this year to have those those sort of thoughts. But when fucking Kevin King, who's been a absolute terror and in the in not in the way of like terror like good, being an absolute nightmare of a player the last month, month and a half, where all of us are kind of worried about Kevin King. Yet we don't do anything to hide Kevin King. Kevin King wasn't hidden. He was there like a bad, I don't know, I I don't know what comparison I'm looking for. Like a bad egg, like a bad, like just an ugly fruit. Like he was just hanging out there. Everybody saw Kevin King out there. And we worried Tom Brady would take advantage of that. And guess what Tom Brady fucking did? He took advantage of it. And I know the juxtaposition of, well, Charlie, we wanted to blitz. We wanted to do more against Tom Brady. Yet still, Mike Patton has not been able to figure out Tom Brady. And when it comes down to it, and I remember calling for Mike Patton's job after they got ran over by San Francisco last year. When it comes down to it, when Mike Patton deals with elite-level talent, whether it was with San Francisco or Tampa Bay, he's just not that good. And a part of me is weirdly thankful that they didn't have to face the Chiefs 
because holy fuck, Mike Patton would have been screwed. Andy, Andy Reid would have just absolutely dragged Mike Patton up and down Tampa. So maybe I'm fortunate that we don't have to deal with that. And it's getting to that point where like, what the fuck are you doing here? How do you allow that to happen? If you just play normal fucking defense like you're supposed to, and Tony Dungy, who I know Tony Dungy doesn't like the Packers, but Tony Dungy is about as mild-mannered as a guy just ripping Patton on social media. And Dungy, for whatever it's worth, he might be a terrible color analyst, but the guy knows defense. He fucking was one of the best defensive coordinators, one of the best defensive minds of the last 30 years, saying that was one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. Okay, that, that's, all you, that's all you need to know. And if you just have a good defense there and you're able to say, let's say Brady just throws it out of the end zone or he throws it out of bounds. He's like, I don't have it. Guess what? It's a fucking 14-10 game heading to halftime. It's pretty good. It's not bad. You get the ball back. And even if Aaron Jones turns the ball over, which we need to now, even if Aaron Jones turns the ball over, it's 21 to 10. And guess what? You have a comeback in you. No one knew that at the time, but you did. And I think the frustrating part of it all is it felt so similar to what happened with 2011 with Hakeem Nix and the Hail Mary. Because I remember that game and I remember the Packers were trailing and they were down early, but they were kind of hanging in there. They, they weren't exactly dead. And then Eli Manning finds Hakeem Nix on a Hail Mary at the end of the half and it was over. And it just felt over. And... I always thought the Packers could come back, even at 28 to 10. But at the, the, the time of the the Miller touchdown, I was like, oh, here we go. Akeem Nix. This is it. Like, this is exactly, exactly what you expect. So let's talk about Aaron Jones really quick. So Aaron Jones fumbles a football. And I know MVS has already come out against, like, people talking shit about Aaron Jones I always have a problem with those things because I'm like, are people really talking talking shit or did he get a couple of assholes in his mentions? Like, what, what, what's the difference there? But I will say this about Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones made some nice plays, but there's really nothing keeping Aaron Jones in Green Bay. And that fumble was really bad. And I know that people will rush to Jones' defense because he's really well-liked. But the fact of the matter is, is that Whitehead, the safety, who then leaves the game, I think he might have broke his collarbone. Whitehead was gunning for the ball with his helmet the entire game. He already got you once. So if he had already got you once, don't you think you would have done a better job of protecting the football? I get it happened so fast, and I get that we don't understand that. But don't you think Aaron Jones would have protected the ball a little bit better? He didn't. Instead, he was looking for more yardage, which as a running back, you're trained to do. But if you're seeing Whitehead, maybe try to take him head on so he's not trying to knock the ball out of out of your hands with his helmet. He did it once to you, and you're lucky Robert Tanya recovered. 
This time they weren't so lucky. Devin White picked it up, nearly ran it back for a touchdown. And that those two plays were the difference of this game. And yeah, I exclude the Devontae drop because look, these were unforced errors. And drops are unforced errors, but they're not to the level what we saw out of Kevin King and Aaron Jones. If those plays don't happen, Packers might win the game. And even with those plays, the Packers could have won the game. But instead, they ran basically a Mike McCarthy-style offense where all they were doing was passing the football. They were down five points, and all they had to do, or were they down five? I don't know where, what they were. They get two interceptions to Tom Brady. Now, I will contend and agree with those who said, look, the field position wasn't great. Yeah, I, I hear you. But at least get a couple fucking first downs, and then if you have to punt, you're at least flipping the field. You're at least putting Brady back at his 10 or his 9. Instead, you basically just traded traded field positions. That's it. You didn't do anything with this. And the fact that they did not capitalize on two Tom Brady turnovers is just not going to get it done. That's what that's how you lose games. And if I didn't think things were over after Scotty Miller, I thought things were over after going three and out again. I was like, how many more chances are we going to get? How many more chances are people going to say like, all right, this is this is it and we've figured it out? Because that's that's not happening. That's not one of those things that we are going to just immediately come out of. You had to strike there. Even if you got two fucking field goals, okay? Like, even if you got two fucking field goals and you're down to it's a one-point game or I think you might have even had the lead, you at least have the field goals. And you at least are saying, all right, we're putting ourselves ahead of us. So it could have been 29 to 28, and then they make a field goal, it's 31 to 29. And then the Packers are able to kick another one. And it, and then you're, you're good to go. But instead, you went three and out both times. I, I just have no patience for that. You had great opportunity and Matt LaFleur turtled. And I think Matt LaFleur is a good coach. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he is at the point of Mike McCarthy where Matt LaFleur is just a regular season CAD coach. It'll be really cute to hear a lot of people sort of talk about Matt LaFleur when they haven't mentioned his name for coach of the year at all this year. And he deserves it. And he's he definitely should be a part of it. But he's not. And yet now we'll have all these so-called experts ragging LaFleur about the field goal decision and everything else. He he said he regretted the field goal decision after the game. And I think what this is, is this is just a young coach. It's a young coach who isn't entirely ready yet. There are not a lot of young coaches in football that A, lead their team to a championship game, but B, get to a Super Bowl. It is very rare. It is very rare that you see a coach in year one or year two lead a team to a Super Bowl. Matt's a young dude. He is going to learn. He's going to watch this tape for the rest of the year. 
He might pop in San Francisco from last year and say, what did I get better at? What did we do worse? What stayed the same? And what consequences are needed? I don't think Mike Patton should be the coach. And we'll see if that happens. If it if he stays, okay, great. But if he doesn't, yeah, they could do better. And they could work to the strengths of the Packer defense. And as for LaFleur, going back to him, I know I'm kind of bouncing a little bit here. LaFleur just has to get smarter. He just has to get better as a coach. It's going to come with time. We're not all perfect. We don't figure things out first day on the job. And I know Matt's not the first day on the job. I realize he's been there now for two years, going on three. But still, it takes some time. And my leash with Matt LaFleur is very long. I'm not going to be one of those people who think he should be fired. If you do think he should be fired, maybe you should check yourself into a mental institution. Because that's fucking wild. He's 26 and 6. Again, there are so many Packer fans that would take 26 and 6 right now. They, they don't even care about Super Bowl. They're like, I will take winning 26 in my last 32 games. But it's it's all it, it's all just crazy, man. And it's all one of those things where people are fickle, people are privileged, and that's that's what happens. So we'll see if LaFleur, LaFleur will get ball back. No, no question about it. And I just I just wish that him and Rogers were on more of a communication angle than they were in that final that final drive where it was like field goal or touchdown and Rogers like I think I have four plays. Matt LaFleur's like, oh no, no no we're gonna kick a field goal. Why the hell didn't they have a conversation at one point and say, hey Aaron, make these three count. I'm kicking the ball if we if you stay where you are. If you go up closer, let's have a discussion if to go for it for fourth down. But they didn't do that. And and even like the great couples, and I, and I don't want to maybe not want to say they're couples, but even the great couples miscommunicate. And it seems like they were not on the same page with that. And if they were, I think there's a lot of different shit happening. I just don't think it is the same thing. And I know LaFleur is going to get just criticized because everybody hates field goals. But as someone pointed out, it's one of the latest field goals that you'll see down by like eight points. And I get trust in a defense. And that's why I, when I, before I saw his commentary, I was like, all right, he trusts his defense. They only allowed three points in the second half if you take away the Aaron Jones fumble play. Like if you take all that away, they've allowed three points in the second half. Of course, Malifar is going to trust in his defense. And they nearly came through. There was a bad pass interference call, which I'm not here to blame the refs because there's so much other stuff going on. It, it's tough, man. It's just, it, it's cool to be in the playoffs on a regular basis, but you know that there is an outside chance or maybe even more of a chance that you're going to get your heart stepped on. And that's what happened today. I think we all got our heart stepped on. And we all now just try to figure out what's next. And that is a big discussion. And that discussion starts and ends with Aaron Rodgers. 
So Aaron Rodgers was at a press conference and he said a lot of things and Jason Wildey and Matt Schneidman and others felt like it was Rodgers' goodbye speech. It felt like it was Rodgers' last time he was speaking with the media. And I thought Ryan Wood, who I'm not a huge fan of, I'll admit that, but Ryan Wood, I think, had an excellent take saying, hey, look, Rodgers knows this was his best chance at a Super Bowl and they didn't get it done. And that because of roster, because of like COVID cap cuts, because of how many free agents this team has, they're going to look entirely different next year and they might not be as good as this team this year. And that he knows he blew a golden opportunity. And he's solemn and he's sad. I thought that was so great from Ryan. I thought that was quintessentially exactly how how it's going right now. How Aaron Rodgers is dealing with this. And when Aaron Rodgers is acting like it could be goodbye, it's great for the Schneidmans of the world who write clickbait fucking articles on Sunday night. But it's not great for the fans because here's the thing. Aaron's not going anywhere, at least for next year. Aaron's not going not gonna to completely pack ship and say, I want out. And I don't think the Packers want to trade him and start the Jordan Love experience after he's been the MVP. It'd be a massive risk by Brian Gunacust. It would be a risk that I would think it was so crazy that I have to get on board. And I know a lot of my friends are like, wow, you carry the water that much. But at this point, I'd be like, all right, this guy's a fucking madman. He he must know. And then I'd have to build the two-year window for Rodgers or for Love just like I did for Rodgers. Because in 2008, you know, we all kind of hated Aaron Rodgers. And we're like, are we sure this guy's the right guy for the job? And then you're seeing Brett Favre light it up in Minnesota the year prior, and you're like, fuck, what did we do? And that, but, but it all worked out. And the Packers won a Super Bowl, and the rest is history. I don't think this is Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Green Bay Packer. I think Aaron Rodgers was in a very vulnerable state, and you would be too. If you lost to, and someone pointed this out to me in uh, like a reply. And it was like, I think Tom Brady has something to do with this. And I thought about it a little bit more and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Because Tom Brady's been in Super Bowl 10 times. Now with two different teams. Favre didn't get to accomplish that. Others who switched sides, switched to different people. Montana, he didn't get to accomplish that. It's very rare. And Tom Brady is a cyborg. And so Roger seeing that, there's some of that green monster. There's some of that envy going on in, in with Rogers. Hopefully, he can kind of get back to that meditation state, get back to that cool, relaxing Aaron Rodgers, and everything will be okay. He just needs to understand that not everything is going to go his way. And I think that's really hard for Rodgers to hear. I don't know if anyone's ever told him that. but he, he And I'm not even going to say he's selfish because that's, that's the wrong word. 
but the guy loves him for him. And he's not necessarily caring about what else is going on in the outside world with contracts and everything like that. Aaron Rodgers wants to play football. And if Green Bay decides with a lot of their free agents that they're just going to tear it down and they're going to rebuild from there and get a ton of picks for Aaron Rodgers, which they would, then that's that's definitely something. And I would just assume that that was the plan all along. And we didn't know it. And they were just too good. But let me tell you, there would be a lot of angry Packer fans. I don't know if Jordan Love is ready the next year. I've barely seen him on the field. And I that's putting a lot of eggs in that basket, man. Just a lot. And I I don't know if that's that's the right move right now. But we'll see. They've they've been smarter than me in the past. And they have a they have a plan if if they do have a plan. I think it's just Rodgers being sad after a game and probably probably taking it a little too far and now the clickbait kings are out and that's it's going to be what you're going to deal with for the next month. And people ignore Matt Matt LaFleur saying hell yeah I want him back. He's our leader. He better be back. People will so ignore that. People will not even care that Aaron Rodgers said, or I'm sorry, Matt LaFleur's head coach said that. It was not tumultuous at all. So I hope Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. And God, I can't have Tampa Bay win the Super Bowl because I really don't like him. And I'm really mad we don't get to play him next year, no matter who's behind center. All right, we're going to talk a lot more this week about the Rodgers stuff, probably a little bit about the game tomorrow. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a little more in depth as we go on as the weeks as the week heads in. We'll do some player grades too at some point. That'll be fun. I always have a good time with that. We'll make sure those get out there. We'll also talk about the Bucks. We'll talk about Marquette and talk about a team who needs to fire their coach. Marquette, Wisconsin's disappointment. So we'll do some college hoops tomorrow. We'll do a little bit of a morning after kind of look. But I wanted to at least talk to everybody about this now and get it out to you in the morning versus wait till 9 or 10 o'clock when so many takes are out there. I guess if you were to say, Charlie, what would sum up this podcast? I would say this. I would say it is understand that there are some things that didn't go our way today. But no, we have an MVP quarterback. We have one of the best coaches in football. It's going to be all right. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers is being dealt. There's just way too much money involved. I get what people are saying. I get that there are people who think this is a done deal. But the body is still fucking fresh, guys. Let's wait a few weeks. Let's hear him talk to Pat McAfee about it. Let's see what goes on. Nothing is a given in today's NFL. And if Rodgers wants out, I don't know what to do. I don't know what what the situation is there. Do you let him just be unhappy in Green Bay and you figure it out? 
Or do you try to find a team for him? Because I'll tell you right now. You ask the Jets if you had a drink with Joe Douglas and you're like, would you rather have the twenty the second and the twenty-third for or the second, but give away the twenty-third for Deshaun Watson? Or vice versa, excuse me. Or would you rather give all of it away and go with Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. I don't know what he would say. We'll see. But that does it for us today, at least. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have a a little more in depth. We'll get a little more deep into everything. See what the takes are. Because there's going to be a lot of them tomorrow. It's one of those days where I probably shouldn't be on the internet too much. But I will. Because I like to chirp. So type WI on both. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.